record record and it's four and three and two and one gun dun gun dun gun this is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hey, and hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. Jojo, I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. I think that's pretty much all of us can say yeah. at the moment. But in this part of the world, we're okay. We are okay. I mean, it is impossible to be perfectly okay knowing that just this week there are brothers and sisters in Eastern Europe that are under fire. Yeah. Another senseless and absolutely idiotic war has broken out and exactly. more than a war it's not even a war it's an invasion right yes yes in in the 21st century i don't think we expect to do the to see these kind of things but yet it's happening so the, the people of ukraine are obviously in our thoughts and also the people of russia who we know don't want any of that <laughs> don't want any yes. part of that yes absolutely so, there's always, you know, there's always going to be people who are like, this is not anything that we ever wanted to do just because <laughs> this is where I live. This is to not align with anything I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that said, we obviously are here to do our part. And in, in as creators, sometimes we feel like we should stop. But we, feel, we may feel that it's, it's not appropriate to do what we do. But the fact of the matter is... I think this is one of those moments where people will try to find an escape and part of that escape could be what we do. So this is why we're here and we're going to try and bring our podcast. I mean, I don't want to sound presumptuous in thinking that, you know, <laughs> only our podcast could bring a bit of, of solace to, to, to folks that are going through this, but I'm saying that we do our part, and yep. uh, and that's yep. that that's part of what we can do, isn't it? Yep, that's right. Because I mean, there's really not much any of us in this part of the world can do hands on per se at the moment. That may change, but you know, for right now, we've got this as a bit of, as you said, solace and and it's something that we, you and I, feel that we can do to maybe make somebody laugh. Absolutely. All right, so this week we are reviewing Apple TV's Suspicion, Apple TV Plus. This is built as a thriller, Jojo. Yes. Uh, do you find it to be much of a thriller? I, I don't know that I quite classify it as a thriller. I don't know that I would. Yeah. I think, I, I, I mean, I think it has aspects of a thriller, but I think it's more of like a, um, I think I'm more of like a, mystery slash procedural show is more 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 what i got out of it yeah the the last thing i would think of this as is as a thriller but i do have to say though it, it's it's a nice 
nothing that is not hasn't been done before, but I do like it. I I think I think it's a very interesting premise. It's a very interesting topic, and it makes for a great viewing. I I agree, and I think that each episode has gotten better as it's gone along, which is not something that you can always say. Like sometimes the show will start out with a bang, and the first episode is like, "Wow, this is amazing," then it kind of trails off. But this one is like just—it's. I feel like it's gained momentum every episode and gotten a little bit better each time. I think you are absolutely right. But of course, as per every week, we are going into a section of the show that we have been integrating, and I think our viewers and our our audience likes. And it's time for me to ask you, Jojo, what have you been watching this week? What are you watching, Jojo? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I actually watched on HBO Max Nightmare Alley. So it's part of the our build-up to the Oscars. So yes. uh, it is nominated for Best Picture. So I did, I did watch that one. And I also watched the 1947 version and I read the synopsis of the novel. <laughs> uh-huh. So I, 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 I nerded out a little bit on this one because I, I was, I was interested. I was interested as to why Guillermo del Toro decided to remake this movie, even though he, doesn't call it a remake of the 47 movie. He's calling it a readaptation of the novel. But I was curious as to what had led him to do this, because this is a very different kind of story. And it's, it's, it's an interesting path that led him to make it. And the, the movie itself, of course, is the production values are unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where you're just watching with your jaw hanging open for some of the scenes. But it's it's a very very good movie. the The forty seven version has some um, uh, almost a little bit more nastiness to it, right. in terms of psychological nastiness, if you will. <laughs> the one that's up for an Oscar, Nightmare Alley, is very violent and very gory, which you don't have in the forty seven. But the the forty seven one, I, I almost felt had a little bit more of of a of a psychological turn to it that. I was surprised by, but yeah, that's, that's what I, what I've been watching. I, I watched those two movies and read about the novel. Funny you should say that Jojo, because I, <laughs> this is one of the movies that I was attempting to go for this weekend because yeah. it was going to be either that one or Tick, Tick, Boom. And I'm not quite ready to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. So because I'm curious to see the work of the Toro on this one, I'm like, I, I actually did uh, just told my wife. So we're going to go for another one of those in the quest for the Oscar nominated movies. So this is one that I very much have in mind. Yeah. So what is your verdict on that one? Uh, do, do you think it deserves the, the, the nomination? I think it does. Yes. In, I think in the production value, like I said, is amazing. The cast is very, very good. And I think that there is a story there that is, I feel like the 1947 version kind of makes it a lot more clear to you. <laughs> and uh, so, so it kind of, it kind of, it, I don't want to say it hand feeds you because it's an excellent version, but it's, it's, it's a little less vague as to what's going on than Guillermo del Toro's version. So uh, I do think that there is something there that's very universal to the way the world is and 
the way things actually work and uh, and and being on top of the world and bubbles bursting and things like that. It's 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 good. It is. It's very good. So I suppose my question to you is in relation to the book, which you said you, you've read a synopsis of it. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the forty-seven version versus the Guillermo del Toro version fall? I think it's funny because it seems like they they're they're like each like the forty-seven version pulls some really interesting bits from the book that Guillermo del Toro did not, and vice versa. So I feel like they're almost even though they're the same movie, they're or or the an adaptation of the same book, they are two completely different movies. I, I'm not sure that is entirely what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but 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 I think it it's 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 a it's a good thing you want to say. Uh, yeah. If you can, if out of the same story, you can pull out two completely different movie or more. I actually, it's funny that you say again that because I I I, I listened to an interview with a, a children's book author this week, who had basically decided to out of the same topic to write with the same characters with the same story to write different versions of the story right like not different versions but completely different stories out of the same elements same characters same uh, topic and everything and in the end the author at the end of of the book so he wrote i think seven versions of it okay in one book which are like little story book little story kids story book whatever but at the end of the book he left sort of like a little envelope for the children who read the book to create their own version of the story oh, and very send cool. it to him. <laughs> you know? Very cool. <laughs> and and that was fascinating to me. So I actually like where, where what you were saying about the fact that the 47 version of Nightmare Alley in comparison to Guillermo del Toro's are... Uh, have a a difference where you can see different elements, different portions, different bits of the book. So, yeah, that makes for an interesting viewing, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it, it's interesting too because you sometimes you'll watch a movie that is there, and there's been an older version of the movie, or it's like a classic, and you're like, this is just a flat out straight scene by scene remake. And, and, and sometimes those are fine. You know, there's, there's a place for those, but this one is definitely not that. I mean, there are some scenes that are similar. There are some lines that cross over, but I mean, of course you're going to have that when you have the same source material, but you can definitely say that these are two different films with, I think, two completely different messages almost. Definitely. And Guillermo is an artist artist, to, to yes. be honest with you. Like this guy, this guy is all into the craft and and in in the things he does. So I'm looking forward to watching this and I'm very glad that you did watch it. And and uh now I know that it's not gonna be a waste of my time. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll be interested to to hear what you have to say about it. What yeah. what have you what have you been watching this week? So on my quest to to the twelve Oscar nominated movies that that I I need to watch. I think I told you, and and if I mentioned that last week, I'm sorry, but I saw Belfast, which I think is an absolutely fascinating movie, and you know I can see why this movie 
got the nomination and I can see all of the merits that this movie has to be celebrated as such. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, I'm surprised that BAFTA sort of like went around this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm very glad that the, the Academy decided to to give this movie its prop. And also Katrina Balf is absolutely amazing in this movie. She is the the spine of this movie. Jamie Dornan, yeah, man, that dude is there. <laughs> He's definitely in the movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but there are three characters that are that that I was drawn to is obviously Katrina Balfi as Ma, which is what they call her the entire movie, and Kieran Hines, your guy, as mm-hmm. the grandpa, the patriarch of the family. And this little kid whose name in the movie is Buddy. This kid is amazing. This little boy is absolutely fantastic as a little actor. And every time he was on screen, you wanted to you wanted to watch more and more of him. Frankly, I don't know why Judy Dench got nominated. <laughs> 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 Wasn't she in something and she she won and she was in like it, it turned out to be like seven minutes of the movie or something like that? Was yeah, it, wasn't that her? The, I think the, it was. Was it one of the Marigold Hotel shit? Like something, something like that. <laughs> yeah, she was in. Like they like she won and it was one of the shortest performances to have ever won an Oscar. I feel like it was seven minutes or something. There might have even been less. I'm not sure, but. It's just amazing. Like these people just love that lady, you know. And I'm not saying she was bad, you know. Right, right. She right. was the grandmother. She was the matriarch. I mean, she she was she. But you know, but much like Jamie Dornan, she was there. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying, you know. But anyway, uh, I I watched this movie, and to me, and I think I may have mentioned that to you is it, this movie is a love letter to one of the most difficult periods in Northern Ireland's history. And this is a movie that has no agenda. The reason I say that is because there is a dedication at the end of this movie to basically everybody who went through the Civil War in Ireland. So the movie in the end is dedicated to those who stayed, to those who left, and to those who lost their lives. Hmm. And, and that's when you realize that the story that is told in this movie is a little bit of all of that. You see those who lost their lives, and you see those who felt like, I have to live. I, I can't, you know, I cannot bring up a family here. <laughs> yeah. And you see those who decided, I'm just going to stay, and I'm going to see this thing out. There's no bad guy in this one it's just we all make those decisions based on on the needs of our families and in how we feel about about the conflict itself so to me that that was a a love letter to to all of the the ones who went through this difficult period of northern ireland uh so it's a beautiful, beautiful movie, and I encourage everybody 
to go find this movie and watch it. Belfast is an absolutely beautiful movie. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Right? Good to good to know. Okay. All right, and so now we shall move on to the issue at hand, <laughs> which is suspicion. Okay, Jojo, I have to say, this is a series that the way Apple TV promoted this, I was expecting a whole lot of Uma Thurman <laughs> for some reason. And there isn't a lot of Uma Thurman on this one. Yes, yes, agreed. When I saw, like, when we talked about it and I watched some trailers and stuff and was getting my notes ready, I was like, I thought she was going to be, like, mainlining this thing or, you know, headlining. And she's, she, I mean, she's in it, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just almost like an accent character, if you will. Yes, yes, interesting. Guest star? I want to say, like, yeah, that's that's a good. Whenever the credits roll around and and everybody's names appear, and then at the end you appear in, as with so and so and so and so, you know that you know <laughs> you're not entirely important to the plot or the story for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I, I think we can go ahead and tell folks that this is an absolutely fantastic little show to watch like like i said before i don't think it's anything brand new it's it's not a new idea we've seen this before but there are some elements that and also the production value that we we particularly value these kind of things uh, as 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 podcasters and i think there's all of that here Jojo, what do you think? I, I agree I, I as you said it's it's not groundbreaking television it's it's it's, but it's it's also not an ins- an insult to your intelligence either. You know, there are a few choppy bits, but I do think that each episode is getting better as it goes along, and I am interested in the story, and I'm caught up in the story, and I, I want to know what happens next, which is which is all yeah. a TV series really needs to do. So <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. I think we should go ahead and give Apple TV Plus a bit of a hard time with the whole idea of, yeah, we're going to put this on a weekly basis and shit. Fuck that. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes it hard for hard for binge watchers. Come on. <laughs> you know, I haven't watched one episode of Mrs. Maisel, by the way, because again, Amazon Prime, Prime Video is doing the same shit. And I don't have time for that. When you're done yeah. with it, I'll go ahead and watch it. Yeah. You know, as simple as that. So, Jojo, with all that said, would you go ahead and give us a synopsis of what Suspicion is all about? (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a, I guess, like a a reinterpretation of a Israeli series that was called False Flag. I think if I remember reading correctly, this one has been in production for a little while. COVID kind of held it up and, and that kind of thing. But there's five people, five suspects, if you will, just ordinary people in in Britain. And uh, you kind of get introduced to them one by one and what's going on in their life. And they all become suspects in the kidnapping of a media mogul's son. And it first seems like the only connection that could possibly be between them is that they all happen to stay, stay at the same hotel that he was abducted from and at the same time. 
So it's kind of goes from there. Then there's involvement, of course, from the British police. There's involvement with the United States government and the and the police. And uh, Uma Thurman is the media mogul mom. And uh, yeah, it's it's it, it just kind of goes from there. I don't want to give too much away. If <laughs> and, and and of course we we have to we have to let people know that this is still an ongoing series we yes. decided to make to to make this episode about it because we felt like we needed to have a, it's been what six episodes now mm-hmm. so now we have enough information at least to to talk about it a little bit but we don't know what ends up happening uh, how the whole thing ends we we have our theories and our suspicions and stuff but that's not our job to <laughs> to break it down that way is it <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> so the storytelling style of this for me is fascinating because it sort of reminded me, which is why I keep saying that it's not, it's nothing that hasn't been done before, but it is definitely a fascinating way of telling a story because the first thing that is done is that you are introduced into the lives, lives of these characters, one by one, by one, by one. But at the same time, they don't bore you with those details, but rather it goes from the present day of these characters into what happened. And you can sort of foresee that at some point there's going to be a melee and all of them are going to be involved. Yes. What is missing, the element that is missing here is motive, right? Like, so... The motive is all over the place. Yes. So what, what is, what's needed for a crime is what? Opportunity, motive, and means, right? So we see that there was the opportunity. We see that there were the means. But so far, we haven't gotten... The, the motives is what is, like, incredibly vague. Yes. And the more we learned the stories and in, in how personally involved... Each of these characters are with either the company itself or the character that Uma Thurman plays, the less we see the motive. It's like, it could have been anybody. So this is turning more into a whodunit than, than anything else. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I would I would call it a, a whodunit. Because <laughs> we're getting little little bits here and there of you know of, of suspects and red herrings, maybe who knows. Yeah, and, and 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 to me, the the most fascinating part of it is that at this point, you are suspicious of everyone involved, like. Okay, we have five suspects, but yet there's more. There are more, more suspects. Like for me, the yeah. more I learn about this thing, the more suspects I find. And I think I think this is brilliant. Like, okay, these are the five obvious suspects, right? Yeah, these, these are the five we're going to start with, and then basically everybody we introduce after that it could Boom. possibly have done it. <laughs> Shit. Even the old man that was sitting in that little house in Ireland. Yes, that's right, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so, I guess I guess I guess my question to you Juju, is who do you think did it? <laughs> I 
I don't know. I really don't know. I, (sighs) part of me is leaning towards Eddie Walker, the character of Eddie Walker, but I sort of feel like that may be a red herring at the same time, but I just, I don't, he's like at the moment of, of, of air of what episode we're on. (laughs) It kind of feels like the character of Eddie Walker may have been the one that did this. And, or at least was very involved in, in it going down. This, in this last episode, everybody was more willing to provide more information about their background. Yes. No, no. I mean, begrudgingly, of course, some of them didn't want to talk a lot, right? Like the character that Kunal Naya plays, he didn't want to go too far. He was he was forced like, <laughs> to talk to, to a certain extent. But Eddie Walker has a fascinating way of getting himself not looked at and rather turning the attention onto other other folks isn't it yeah yeah and like like his story like um when he's first brought to the police station and he makes this big story about you know what he did that that evening and it's it's kind of explicit but it doesn't really tell you anything other than diverting attention away from him in the (laughs) you know in the fact of what he was doing it really tells you nothing okay and why would you need to go to new york for a hookup like who does that? that? <laughs> Seriously, that who does that? It's not something that oh, I'm in love or whatever. It's just yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, let, let me just go to New York for a hookup. Yeah, no one does that, mate. No one. Yeah, Mm-mm. I mean, unless you live in like I don't know, right down the street from me. <laughs> but you don't fly from London. <laughs> Listen, here's the only way I, I I think that could be done. Well. And I say that because I used to work for an airline. And when you have free flights and shit, I, I, I have a neighbor that, that has lived in North Carolina for almost 17 years and goes every two weeks to get her hair done and her nails done in New York. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because she can do it. She works for an airline. Right. right? <laughs> well, is it possible to go to London or to Abu Dhabi for a hookup and then co- come right back? Yeah. If you work for an airline, but <laughs> Eddie Walker doesn't work for an airline, man. He doesn't got free. He doesn't have free flights. What the hell? What is? <laughs> <laughs> Very good uh, question. So l- let's let's talk about its character, because Sean Tilson seems to be an absolute psychopath, but. Do you think he's involved? Do you think he knows what's going on? Do you think he's he's the guy that has done it? I just don't. I I, I feel like it's almost too obvious for it to be him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I feel like he's gotten involved in this through his bad line nefarious, of work. Yes, his line <laughs> of work. He's gotten hooked up. You know, was reeled into this accidentally. But I don't think. I really don't think that he had anything to do with it. And I think that, you know, at the beginning in the whole airplane thing where he, the way he gets away, yeah, I think that was just his normal criminal instinct saying, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's, let's, something's, something's going on. Yeah. <laughs> something's yeah. about to go down. I don't think it was necessarily that he was specifically involved with anything. It was just, up. Oh, yep, nope. Yeah. I need to change some things <laughs> to get it- away. And I think I think if it's not Sean Tilson, which neither you or myself think uh, it is, it is more likely than 
that there is a group of people involved. And it, it sort of makes sense that you would need people with different skills to to put out a, a kidnapping like that, for instance, a crime like this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, do all of these riffraffs seem to be the kidnapping uh, type for you? Like, uh, that is to me, that, that's to me like, if there aren't, clearly law enforcement needs needs to go back to the to, to, to the to the board and and sort of like learn how to do their job. Yeah. <laughs> and it bothers me. Every time I watch a show where where law enforcement is so invested in the most obvious thing, I'm like, this must happen. This must happen for real. Obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah, if it, yeah and of the true crime stuff I've watched, it does seem to happen quite a bit that, you know, it's it's like, well, you like they tell doctors, what is it? Uh, if you hear hoof beats, don't look for zebras or whatever, that the the easiest and most simple explanation or the most common explanation is probably what happened. You know, the husband always killed the wife or the wife usually kills the husband, that kind of thing. So and I'm not saying that that isn't usually the case, but I do think sometimes when you hear hoof beats, you do need to look for zebras. So. Exactly, exactly. Just because the the most obvious thing is there to be grabbed doesn't mean that you're gonna just take it and run away with it. Yeah, that's that to me is, and and, and I see that a lot. And if this is the modus operandi here for law enforcement. I'm fucking scared. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I'm scared. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we all need to be scared. I mean, you have just like sometimes you just look good for a crime and you haven't done shit. <laughs> Seriously. Sometimes <laughs> you just have done some things that could be seen suspicious. Yeah. Other than that, nothing else. You know. So l- let's talk a little bit about the the way that investigation is being conducted. Vanessa Okoye, who is the lead investigator, one would think she is conducting an investigation much in the the way that is allowed by the British criminal system. Yes. And I don't know if it's intentional, but you can see the stark differences between how an investigation like this is is conducted in Britain versus what would have happened already in America. <laughs> because thanks to the character played by Noah Emmerich, yes. you see what's going on, right? There is a, a respect for the civil rights of a person even when they are under suspicion of having committed a serious crime. They, ha- they are entitled to certain rights. And the character that Noah Emmerich plays, uh, which is uh, Scott Anderson, an FBI agent, he keeps pushing. First of all, first of all, the idea was you are here as an observer. You don't say shit. You don't ask questions. It doesn't take long for him to start basically owning the entire interrogation process. The problem is, this might seem to be, well, this is just in in a series. This is just how the character is written. No. 
No, that's not true. This is this is <laughs> this is how Americans behave in other, in other people's country, man. <laughs> this is why you. Americans are, are are very um disliked in a lot of countries. Is, uh, <laughs> you have to understand this. You have to understand this, man. This is how. This is why. When you go somewhere, you have to think twice before you say, "Hey, where are you from?" Like, uh, 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 America. Yeah. So this is a very nice country. You know what I mean. <laughs> Because you don't know what kind of reaction people are going to have of you and why. Yeah. And, and, and this is why, you know, because we take over, we start telling people how to do their jobs and how we would have done it because, yeah, the right way to do it is how we do it in America, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny, but even in just my own little itty-bitty bit of the world. I mean, I've experienced that because when I was fortunate enough to be able to go to London many, many years ago, we were seated next to that American couple in a restaurant. And it was so embarrassing because they were, they were just awful. I'm sorry, but they were just absolutely yeah. terrible. And they were absolutely every American stereotype that stereotype. exists. Yeah. And I was just sitting there and I'm looking at my at my husband at Jeff across, you know, our, the little tables and everything. And I'm like, they're going to throw us out too. <laughs> yeah. Just because we happen to be sitting here. You know what I mean? I wanted to be like, we're not with them. I don't know them. Just play the Canadian card, Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Canada. Canada. Yes, Canada. Hey, no, we're from Welcome Canada, again. eh? <laughs> Bienvenue. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, so it, it, so if I have seen it and, you know, I, it's like I said, itty bitty piece of the world, then it, 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 it does exist for a reason. I mean, it's not like we were in, we weren't in a super touristy part. I mean, I, I suppose you could say that all of London is, is a touristy area, but, but you know, it's, it's not like we were in Cafe Americano or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, it was, it was a, a place that anyway. That's all I'm trying to say is that in they, there there is a reason for those American stereotypes. They do exist for a reason. Yes, yes, absolutely right. Let's talk about the characters then. So we're going to move on to Elizabeth Henstridge playing uh, Tara McAllister, who they kept calling a professor, but she herself makes it clear that she's actually a PhD candidate <laughs> A, a junior researcher who gets to dictate some some classes. Yeah. Uh, um, other than the grudge that she's put, in, she has put out there, Tara McAllister, as why she's been looked at. Do you think there's any reason to suggest that she's involved in this? I don't know. She's kind of a wild card, I I think, because. <sighs> Because yes. she's she's sort of I don't know like the I hate to say meek because that's not quite right but somewhere in that that sort of the okay the the quiet academic type who would never be involved in anything like this and who is yes been involved in a few little things about proactiveness and and that kind of thing but but not you know who what who in academia hasn't and I I don't know there's also a part of me that's like well maybe she like thought up the whole thing herself. 
<laughs> yeah, but but, but I don't think so. Yo, I think the more I see, the more I learn about her character, the more I think she is the Quinpin type because she's got some skills that no one else has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the character of my dude, uh, Sean Tilson, was absolutely right when he said, yeah, it looked more like Lara Croft over there than you than, than a college professor. Like, I'm like, yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, it's true. Dude, I don't care how much you can tell me that, you know, my dad took me to the shooting ranch and shit. And my grandfather told me, no, motherfucker, the way you handled yourself over there. And then you keep asking, is this nigga dead? <laughs> like, he ain't coming after me. I did shoot his ass, right? You don't, like, no, man. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm my right old. Yeah, no, that's, that's not typical um, academic behavior. <laughs> Dude, I'm just telling you, man, the way she just swerved around yeah. and pointed to the shooting, I was like, damn. Okay. No, <laughs> that's wrong, but whatever, dude. Like, okay. The character of Adesh Chopra. I feel bad for, for, for this guy. <laughs> Being nagged his entire existence by his in-laws. I, I I feel like we've seen this before, right? It's the, the typical family, that thing that all the owner is to work with your hands and shit. And, and if you happen to have gone to school and uh, decided to do something else with your life that is not working with cinder blocks and shit, you're some kind of prince or whatever. Right, but, right. You but, think you're but, better than them. Is that is that rooted in envy, you think, no? Probably, yeah. I would think it is envy or and insecurity, uh, insecurity, uh, resistance to change. You know, why would you mm. want to change the way that our family's done things for generations? Yeah, uh, for me, it it found it seems more like, like, you know, this is where we belong, and you don't belong here because, whatever you you, you know how to read and write. <laughs> It's just it's just bullshit. But it is this is the this is the kind of situation that people find themselves more so than not because that seem that is that can be a belief in an entire family. Yes. The whole idea that here we do things with our hands and we don't need academia, we don't need you know, there is such a thing as an anti intellectual movement that exists within generations of families and even in politics especially here in the united states you have that you know sad to say yeah yeah you've got people who uh, you know you know if you're not a truck driver or some shit you you can't you can't get their respect or whatever so I think, you don't uh, have common sense. Yeah. <laughs> I hear people talk about common sense one more time. It's like, yeah, it does, yeah. It's, it's, it, you're not used. That's not the way. A diet word does not mean what you think it means, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> there, is, there, there is this saying in Spanish that says that the common sense is the most common of the senses. <laughs> <laughs> 
like that. I yeah. like that. <laughs> so, so let's go ahead. We already talked about Uma Thurman as Catherine Newman, who comes and goes and 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 shit. So I don't know why they 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 pro they mass. What do you say? They projected her so much. Yes, during... it seemed like it was going to be totally about her. <laughs> about or, her. Or, or, uh, very much so. Can, is it is it bad to say, though, that when she first came up in the series, in the first scene she was in, in the series itself, I'm not talking about the trailers or anything, yeah. but when she, I, I did not recognize her for like a second. I was like, who, yeah. who the heck is this? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's Uma Thurman. For a second, I, didn't, I don't know if there was like a different use of prosthetics there's just something seemed different about her no because it, it hasn't for me it has happened with more than this series okay the 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 last few times that i've seen her there's something about her danger or her mouth that has changed that makes her a little bit harder to recognize and i'm not talking about aging like i know that obviously people are aging but i mean shit you can still recognize brooke shields yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and Uma thurman has a very distinct look, yes. very distinct shape of face, however, and and you should be able to see that regardless of of how much she's aged. I don't think it's about ageism at all. It's not about that. There's something, some work she's done there that is not quite there. You know. Uh, yeah, she just she. It's kind of like the, because like you said, she's a very distinctive looking, striking woman, and I, I think Renee Zellweger too, and. She, yes. to me, I don't recognize her anymore either, so. <laughs> Renee Zellweger always had that. Yes, she was always, look. always squinting. Yeah, yeah. Now her eyes are open for some reason, and she, I don't know. <laughs> it was like, she don't even bat them anymore. <laughs> so, I don't know what happened there, oh, Hollywood. Don't ask me, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we have Georgina Campbell. Very intriguing little character she plays there. Yes. I, I, I like this character because there's more to her than anybody else here. And the only thing I agree with the character of Scott Anderson played by Noah Emmerich is that he was able to recognize, oh, you the money. You the one. You know, If there's anything going on here with this group, you the one who knows what to do with the money. And of course, in any investigation, whether journalistic or law enforcement, criminal law enforcement, follow the money, right? Follow the money. Yeah. So so I, I love this character. And the, the other thing is, she's another one playing weaker character than than she lets on. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I think I think she's just just keeping up a a front. I'm not like a, saying that she's not shook by what happened to her sister. No. Right, right, exactly. But like a a more fragile facade than, than yeah. she actually is. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can, yeah, I can mm. see that. Yeah, there's, see that. There's, there's something there. There's something there, man. So Tom Reese Harris plays Eddie Walker. Where have you seen this kid before? Uh, let's see. What has he been in? Because I, I, I had the same feeling. He's I don't think he's been in anything that I've seen. So, according to Wikipedia, he's been he has had roles in Jekyll and Hyde, Slaughterhouse Rules, Britannia, and played 
Manchester DJ Axel Collins in the Netflix series White Lines in 2020. Don't I, I remember White Lines, but I don't remember. I, I don't. I didn't watch the show. So. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it either, so I don't know. Yeah. So Angel Coolby plays uh, Vanessa Okoye. We see her pop in 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 in, in a lot of things. She, but she's very well known for the series Marilyn, mm-hmm. BBC fantasy series. Was it? Isn't Once Upon a Time like a version of that of the series Marilyn, like the American version of Marilyn? I I believe they were. Yeah, I think so. My my wife used to watch this thing religiously, man. Once Upon a Time. So. But I could be I could be wrong. It's one of those shows that I never watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, either they were like a, a, a make of one, a remake of one or the other, or they're very similar, very very similar premise. Uh, yeah, very very similar. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this though: Do you think that Noah Emmerich has gotten typecast? Is always uh, the FBI guy, the CIA guy? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> this is this is literally the third show recently, third or fourth show recently that I've seen Noah Emmerich play an FBI dude on the Americans. Yep, or something to be with, uh, something to do with uh, government because he's in Space Force too. So yes, um, what was this little show that it was some something about Israel that he was also? Do you remember we talked about how he he kept like dropping the accent? Oh. That yeah. show with, with Sasha Baron Cohen. That's the the spy. The spy. The spy. Yes. yes. Of course, he was working in law enforcement on this one too. Yeah. So, so, what is it with the, with this guy? He must just scream "cop" to casting directors. That's all I can think. <laughs> he walks in and they're instantly like, "Oh God, hide the drugs." Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a hard ass cop. <laughs> Let's put you in there. <laughs> This has got to be it. Lydia West played the little sister Monique or Mon. She's very good. I like the nickname Mon. Yeah. (laughs) Mon. And uh, Mandip Gill, I was like really happy to see Mandip Gill because, of course, he is one of the latest companies of The Doctor. Yes. On Doctor Who. Yes. So uh, if Jeffrey watched this with you, of course, he would have recognized her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Kunal Nayar, I had to convince my wife that was actually Raj from, <laughs> Raj from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and I'm like, you know who this is, right? She's like, who is it? I'm like, that's Raj from Big Bang Theory. She's like... Raj. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's Raj. She's like, no, there's no Raj. And then at some point, he did something with his face or the camera angle changed. She's like, oh, yes, now I can see that's Raj. <laughs> it's funny because he, I had the same thing happen to me. He was in a great performance, too, uh, an episode of Criminal, Criminal UK. And he, oh, that's a really good episode. But he... um the whole the whole episode, I'm like, 
who's this actor? I know this actor. Who is this actor? For whatever reason, I was either too lazy to get my phone or it was charging or I I don't know. But anyway, I went to the whole episode, not knowing who the hell it was. And then when his name went up, I'm like, Kuthra Polly. And, and we, we've talked about this, but I think this is the, one of the, the things that I applaud about British actors is the fact that whenever they get into a show that is getting way too long for, they move on, mm-hmm. you know. And although Kunal is, is, is British, you don't get the luxury of doing that in the United States. If the show is going to go for 25 seasons, you know, unless they kill off your character or you disagree with most of everybody and then they fucking kick you out, you know, who's going to walk away from a, from a show that is popular? Right? And Big Bang Theory is, by all accounts, one of the most successful sitcoms in the history of American television. Yeah. So yeah. It definitely so, is. So whether or not he's going to be always recognized as Raj Kudrapali remains to be seen, but Kunal Nayar did his thing, and uh, he he's got his uh, has to take credit for that. Yeah, yeah, you know. he does. He uh, I was telling uh, my husband because I was talking about the the story I just talked about with him being in Criminal, and I was like, it's it's so. It's cool to see him not being typecast in Britain as a yeah. as a, a Kuthrapali type. Yes. And I said, it's, I that my my theory is that that's probably why he's making television over there as opposed to here because <laughs> here it's probably difficult to get something that isn't either typecast or very stereotypical. I would oh, imagine. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, there's, and I think it's a good thing that. British actors of color, especially, have, you know, at least another side to fall back on mm-hmm. whenever they find they find success in the United States. Because, again, Hollywood is all about typecasting. And if you played a detective and you played it well enough, that's what everybody wants to play. And you, you have to be either very well positioned financially to say no to a bunch of those offers before you get actually offered something that you can do something with or just keep taking them. And in, in the case of, of Kunal, I think returning to Britain and, and taking some characters that are very far away from Kuchapali is, is the best decision. But but a lot of them have done that, you know. So good on him. Yeah, good on him. Good performance. Very good. I'm enjoying. Yeah. I'm enjoying the whole thing. So, Jojo, what kind of uh, what kind of grading would you give this this show in particular? Even though we don't know how it's going to end, we haven't watched the end. So, from what you've seen so far, what do you say? From what from what I've seen so far, I think a solid three, three stars. Solid three stars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's about right. Like you say, there are some there's some 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 gaps in here and there. But I don't think we can judge the show by those gaps, given the fact that, again, we haven't gotten to the end. Right. We could have waited and, and finished the show before we could talk about it. But I think with Apple TV+, Plus, sometimes we have to bring these shows to people's attention as, as a podcast. Because, again, 
I think, for instance, if Coda had been released on Netflix or even on Amazon Prime, it would have been a more talked about movie, whereas it was an Apple TV Plus movie. Now it's nominated for an Oscar and it has yes. a couple of nominations. And I think yes. now people are going to start getting onto it. But yeah. we talked about Coda from the very beginning because we thought it was worth talking about. Yeah. You know. And Apple TV Plus has some very fantastic. It's not only, you know, Ted Lasso. <laughs> Apple TV Plus has some very, very good shows. You know, we always criticize M. Night Shai Malamalan, but he's got an absolutely fantastic show on Apple TV Plus called Servant. It is a great show. So, yeah, it's not only Ted Lasso. Just explore, please. Yeah. <laughs> when you go back on Apple TV Plus, explore and find, because their shows are fantastic. You know, The Morning Show, I haven't, what, the second season? But yeah, great show, yeah. absolutely yeah. great show. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Steve Carell being an absolute fucking thespian, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch the morning show, right, Judge? That's right. That's it's great. They uh, their production values are are very good too. They well, they've got the money to throw. <laughs> At yeah, things, yeah. but but it's nice that they do throw the money at things, so you get you get that that value there. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm going to talk about shows like Tehran. Tehran was an absolutely fantastic show. I don't know if you if you gotten to watch it yet, Jojo. I have not. Uh, no. You pointed to me me to the Mosquito Coast. The Mosquito Coast mm-hmm. is wow, wow, what a show! I'm saying wow, man. Like, I watched this thing, and it was, like, at the beginning of the year, like, between Christmas and New Year, and and I binge-watched this thing, and I was getting sad. Like, I actually slowed down on watching the last episode because I didn't want it to end, you know. So That's always the sign of a good show when you when you oh, when you know it's coming to the end and you're like oh but I don't want it to. It's what, a good am sign. Do now, what am I going to watch now? <laughs> I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Very well then. So we are going to call it a day today, right, Juju? Yeah, that's right. But before we do that, we have a couple of invitations for you. One is that you can follow us on the social media thing is right you can find jojo on instagram exclusively as kns co-host kns co-host you will find us on instagram and kicking and streaming as kicking and streaming underscore podcast that's on instagram on twitter we are kicking and streaming let the word kick in the letter n extra and streaming that's where we find us and also on Pinterest, you will find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. For all of this we've told you, it's easy. You don't have to find us but individually. If you go directly to kickinandstreamingpodcast.com, you can find everything you need to find about this podcast. That also includes which apps this podcast uh, is available. And also, if you've ever wondered 
how can I give these guys a little something for being such great with the little podcast? And I like them. I'd like to contribute. You can do that also by going to our page on uh, Buy Me A Coffee. So you can do a one-time contribution or you can do a monthly contribution. Whatever, whatever it is you decide, we'll take it. We'll be happy for it. We appreciate it. We thank you in advance. Right, Jojo? Yes, that's right. 100%. As you know. All right. <laughs> we'll call it a day for today. And uh, thank you for watching. Right, Jojo? That's right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. 